Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Manford over here, lovely Claire Horsley over there. I'm on my third cup of coffee, so I warn you, I might be a little bit buzzy today. I don't know why we are, because we've been up so early. I was waking up five o'clock this morning. And um, again, I feel, yeah, every morning, every time I do an interview, <laughs> it's turning into a bit of a habit, Claire. I think actually it's better to start the day early than have a lie in because then you feel a bit sluggish throughout the day. I'm glad you're coming around to my way of thinking. So every week we welcome a business who shares their own advice and experiences and tips with us in order for us to move our businesses forward. So what are we going to be talking about this week, Paul? How to be memorable. Memorable. How to be memorable. Now, that's pretty important, right, when you're running a business? Yeah, and if you're on, like, a well, maybe a Zoom call or you're at a meeting with lots of other people, how do you make sure that it's you that stands out so when people walk away, they remember you, remember who you are, remember what you do, remember your business, and and, and you become memorable? Uh, it's quite an important skill to be able to have, so we're going to need to find out more about it. Who are we talking to this week? Uh, we are talking to... Jane Mallion, who runs a company called the English Cream Tea Company. I love cream tea. This is the Big Little Business Show. So I think the best thing to start with is going to let's start by explaining what the English Cream Tea Company is all about. Well, it's as delicious as it sounds, Paul. (laughs) I've no doubt about that. So I met an elderly lady eight years ago in Chelmsford, would you believe, And we got talking about both of our favourite things, afternoon tea at a London hotel. We were talking about the Ritz and the Savoy and all of this. And then she said she'd had her last afternoon tea ever. I went, what? No, don't say that. She said, no, I can't travel. That's it. I've had my lot. And it pinged the idea. Truly, I felt the light bulb go on. If she couldn't get to, let's say, the Savoy, could the Savoy get to her? And within two weeks, I had set up a business that could deliver afternoon tea to people's doors all over, originally, our scone zone, or scones on, if you insist. (laughs) But we got inquiries on the first day of business from five other countries, let alone Cornwall and Scotland and all of that. So I quickly realised being able to deliver to, you know, Dagnum and um, Burnham on Crouch wasn't going to be enough. We had to be able to get it countrywide. And uh, so embarked on the whole process of how do you do that? How do you send lavish, indulgent afternoon tea that doesn't look like a bag of crumbs at the end? And then from there, we just grew and now don't just deliver afternoon tea. We actually export jams and teas and gifts and scone or scone mix and books and, and all sorts. Everything relating to the great British tradition of afternoon tea. Hooray! And it's worth pointing out at this stage that this is a journey that's taken, what, eight, nine years now? Yes, eight and a bit. Um, so I, of course, jump in with both feet. Well, as you should, absolutely right. But then again, eight, nine years ago, I mean, now there are lots of companies doing a similar thing. But eight, nine years ago, there it was really just you, wasn't it? We were absolutely unique. <clears throat> and actually, nobody else is delivering full afternoon tea UK-wide and even to Europe. Um, people deliver cream tea. It's not quite the same thing. I mean, we literally deliver the finger sandwiches and, you know, the works. But um, no, we were unique. And that stood us in good stead 
because we were cutting edge and even Companies House uh, who challenged us on being called the English Cream Tea Company. They said, how dare you purport to be the only company, the English Cream Tea? And I said, well, actually, <laughs> we are the only company. Um, and so that aided my fight against them uh, because they said we couldn't be called that. They said we couldn't have the word English in the name. And in the end, I said, well, what would you accept? What, what would have to be true for you to uh, say, yes, you can be the English Cream Tea Company? And they said, well, if the whole governing body that controlled afternoon tea in the UK agreed to you being called the English Cream Tea Company, then I'd accept that. And I started to say, Paul, I started to say, wow, there isn't a government. And I stopped myself. I literally bit my tongue. Uh, and then after my call, I set up <laughs> the governing body <laughs> to control afternoon tea and made myself chairwoman. So did you give yourself permission then? I did. Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. What a great story. So what was life like before all this? Do we call it pre-scone age? Do you see what I did there? That's good. That's very you might, good. You I'm might not... want to write that down. <laughs> I might have to. So uh, in my personal life, I was having a lot of afternoon teas, of course. Uh, it's just part of my philosophy. I would take all my godchildren, and I've got nine of them, uh, out individually for afternoon tea. And our sons, every year we'd go for afternoon tea. It's a thing because I love everything that the etiquette and the manners, uh, they, they're all about um, the consideration involved. So that's my thing. So I would be doing that. But uh, in my business life, um, I was supporting my husband's business, which was a wedding and catering business. And me, I was a coach helping people get on better. Uh, communication skills and overcoming uh, hurdles and bullying and all of those things. Oh, that's quite interesting then. So you, you ha already had a lot of experience and a lot of skills that were really appropriate for what you ended up doing, that you could transfer them quite easily. Well, it's bizarre because there had been no great plan to open an afternoon tea business. But when I think about it, all the dots of my life led to this and it was an aha moment it was as though this was my purpose I just hadn't noticed what it should be before I was also doing a lot of public speaking I've been doing that for decades you can't just stop me I go on stage and I say I'm going to keep on talking till you pay me uh, so they pay me to stop so it's interesting what you just said about all the dots lining up I've heard that so many times before, and I can certainly relate to that personally because it, that's exactly what's happened to me. I'm on my like, fourth career now. And thinking back at all those different things I've done, um, I wouldn't have been as competent at what I'm doing now had it not been for all that stuff before. And you've just said exactly the same thing. Yes. I truly think that uh, we're blind to sometimes the route we're being taken down. And then you notice, hang on. Hang on, add that to that to that. These experiences of my life, they haven't been wasted. They've all been part of the perfect plan. And when I was tiny, Paul, I must have been about six or seven, I truly remember at school we were asked to write a, a little essay on or a, a note on what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I put fairy godmother. 
And I kind of feel I've got there. I think you've nailed it, Jane, yeah. Yeah, sending out goodies and treats and chocolate brownies and meringues and lovely things to people with little gift notes and making them smile. If that's not being a fairy godmother, I'm not sure what is. <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to establish something here because I've heard you say scone or scone several times almost to the point in which you're not sure which one it is and if you're not sure jane then the whole world's not sure so which one is it well i've written the definitive book paul called scone or scone <laughs> okay right well then you must be able to answer that one what would you which way around uh, both are correct but scone is more popular to say scone is perfectly good Sometimes it's a geographical thing. What do you think Her Majesty says? Oh, that's a good question. I would imagine, I'm going to take a guess here and I'm probably going to get it wrong. Would she say scone? She doesn't. She says scone. Wow, blow me down. She's gone way down in my estimation. <laughs> I'll be having a word with her. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Now, I think what, what's really impressive about you and the English Cream Tea Company is that you've obviously worked very, very hard over the last eight or nine years to do this one thing really well. And in doing that, people remember you because I know you and I have bumped into each other uh, on many different times for many different reasons over the years. And even though I don't like cream tea, I always remember who you are because in many ways you're kind of memorable because you only do that one thing and you've almost become famous for it, Jane. So, I mean, is that something that was a conscious decision from the start to be very much the face of your company or does it just come by accident? Um, I am the brand ambassador for sure. Yes, I am Colonel Sanders of KFC. And do you think when I'm 300 years old, there'll be a little picture of me uh, sitting beside the company logo? I don't know. I, I love to be the ambassador and I need to walk the walk and talk the talk, but uh, it's kind of me anyway. It's just that I fitted into this role. I tend to wear red and that's quite a colour that you notice and it's warm. And I really like people and that that helps if you're interested in people uh, to be memorable because they'll remember how you made them feel. But I'm not doing it um, in a fake way. I mean, you can't fake authenticity, they say. <laughs> Do you know Graham Norton, my sister-in-law, works in TV and he is renowned for remembering everyone he meets and the details about them. And when he next meets you, he'll say, Paul, wasn't your wife having an operation on her foot in January? How did that go? Whatever. He'll remember a detail. And then you would feel a million dollars because Graham Norton had remembered something about your family and asked after it. And the effect, the Graham Norton effect, uh, uh, that makes people feel very special, very unique, not humdrum, not one of the crowd. And so if you can do that for people, that's special. And if you can't remember, write bits down. If you've met someone, just write it down. If uh, they've told you something that they're going to do or it's a special anniversary of theirs. or Those things are uh, what make makes the world tick, in my opinion. I love that. That's such a great bit of advice. And the really important thing to remember when you're meeting someone for the first time, the second time, the third time, whatever. But in order to make yourself memorable, you need to remember what they're about at the same time. Yes, 
definitely. And, and yes, my memory isn't fabulous. I remember people, I remember the feelings, but I may not remember names as well. Luckily, I'm of an age where I can go, darling! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's darling. <laughs> Hello, darling. Yes, that's a handy thing. It, Getting older can be a good thing in business. Do you think by having such a small niche and a, and a small market, it's made you more memorable? Yes, I'm a believer of the niche. Uh, now, I, I'm a follower of Daniel Priestley, and you may know Daniel or not. He had a, a, a tale to tell, which was apparently true, of a girl in Australia who was excellent at doing makeup. And she was doing moderately well, doing makeovers for weddings and that sort of thing. But she also found she had an affinity working with transvestites and so on, helping them get the look that they wanted. And in the end, she said no to the weddings and no to the, the normal business and just specialised in this very particular niche that she was very talented in. And she became a destination. Uh, people who wanted that particular niche of services flew to Australia for her. And apparently she was able to put her prices up hugely because her time was in demand. And she just found the thing that she was kind of born to do. But the first stage of saying no to the normal clients must have been very frightening. Once you come to a realisation that you can't be um, the right person for everyone, but you can be a really great person for a small amount of people, then it, that really does help you fly, doesn't it? Well, yes. Otherwise, it's just a race to the bottom on prices. If you're one of eight people all offering the same, um, then eventually somebody will drop the price and then you've got to go a bit lower. And ugh, You have to find some means of distinguishing your service. Again, if you think about it in terms of, let's say, medical, if you had a problem with your brain, you wouldn't want the GP. I mean, it would be your starting point and you wouldn't want to go to a chiropodist. You'd want to go to a brain surgeon. So, yeah, I would suggest people find their absolute um, carved out niche. And if you're that good at it, the world will beat a path to your door. That's a great answer. Yeah, really good thing to say. So I guess that makes you the brain surgeon of afternoon tea. I thank you. <laughs> so we've touched on a few important things that you do to help you stick in people's minds. I know we said about the really powerful Graham Norton story you were talking about earlier on and, and the importance of niching and, and having a really, um, a really clear idea of where you're going. So what else do you think is important to consider if you want people to remember you and keep coming back or keep recommending you? Wow. OK, attention to detail, uh, which, again, is making people feel special. It's all part of the same thing. And saying thank you, I'm a huge believer in that. And our number one value, I suppose, is um, integrity. Do what you say you'll do. When the people come to work here, they're called scone gnomes. <laughs> uh, so I'm chief scone gnome. It's on my business card, chief scone gnome. Um, and so we sometimes have meetings where we talk about what's important to us. And bizarrely, every single scone gnome that's ever worked here believes in the same thing. And we hate it when people let other people down. So we're all about, uh, so exactly today, I messaged a client who ordered two hampers, one to go to Portugal and the other to the States. Uh, they didn't have fresh cream in them for obvious reasons, but they had lots of other goodies. And I was able to message them and tell them they got there. One got there at this time, one got there at that time. 
Um, and so those details, letting the client know it's done, they're happy, let's, let's make it all about um, dotting the I's, crossing the T's and making people feel they're in safe hands. We always finish each interview with the same five questions. Uh, there are a bunch of questions inspired by a, a US TV show. Not sure whether you're familiar with it. It's called Inside the Actor's Studio. And uh, they just help us to get inside your head a little more, although I think we've got really inside your head in the last uh, half hour or so, and discover what makes you tick. So are you ready for your questions, Jane? I am. Number one, what's your favourite smell? It's going to be childhood Christmas. I just have to say, grandparents, grandpa smoked a pipe, so there's that. The fire would be crackling with logs, so there's that smell. And then there would be the roast turkey cooking in the oven, and it was enchanting. I have to say that childhood Christmas is a really good one because that's something that's going to smell slightly different to everyone else. Yes. Yes, everyone's got their own smell from Christmas, but you're right, it does have a smell. It does. Very evocative. I'd love to capture that one. Yeah, if someone could bottle that or maybe have that in a candle or something, then we'd be away, wouldn't we? Yes. Who's the most famous person you've ever met, Jane? Oh, I have met a lot of royalty, so they would be pretty famous. But um, there's somebody else I've met in unfortunate circumstances, if I'm quick. Oh, I know. I'm liking this story already. Oh, dear. So um, my husband is an expert with air miles. I truly mean this. He is a world expert on how to approve air miles. And these two friends, Andy and Ali, we flew to Canada, to Vancouver, I think it was. First class. It was wonderful. And my friend got very excited because they give you freebies. They give you like a beautiful wash bag and a pair of socks and pyjamas and so on. Anyway, we landed in Vancouver and she noticed that all the first classes that got off had left behind their packets of socks and all their bits and bobs. And so she went, oh, we can't leave those. So she went round the whole carriage (laughs) picking up everybody else's packets of socks and wash bags and things. And the air hostess said, excuse me, madam, uh, the other passengers are waiting for you uh, before they can deboard, which is true. They hold everybody up. So how ignorant are we? They hold everybody up till first class has got off. Anyway, she's got her arms full. I mean, right up to her chin, she's holding armfuls of these goodies that she's stolen from every seat. And um, we're trying to get her off the plane. As we go off, First in line to deboard from business class is Seb- Sebastian Coe. <laughs> and so she went, sorry! <laughs> and it was terrible. <laughs> terribly embarrassing and of course we're walking away dropping bags and socks as we anyway here we are talking about how to be memorable and perhaps that's not the way <laughs> yes that's absolutely true uh, final question then if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates i thought about this and i'd like him to say come on in everyone's waiting for you and the kettle's on the kettle's on uh, yeah, an, uh, so would you like there to be a sort of an afternoon tea reception? Of course, of course. I want there to be a roaring fire, but not the sort you get, you know, in the non-heaven place, but a fire to sit by and people and rapport and communication. So before we wrap up, let's have a little bit of a plug. So where can people come and find you and buy your stuff? Thank you. So it's www.englishcreamtea.com. 
This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Paul, I loved her voice. I just felt it really suited her business. She does sound like someone who runs an English cream tea company, doesn't she? She does. Her voice was just mesmerising. And, is you know, thinking about how to be memorable in business... I remember her voice and I remember her business and uh, Jane sounded really, really, really lovely. And it's not only the fact that she's got a larger-than-life personality, uh, which she quite clearly has, uh, but she's obviously employed lots of little tactics to make sure she sticks in people's minds, like all those little things about... Um, yeah, that extra level of service and making sure she checks that things get delivered and people are happy with the service after she sent them something. All those little, uh, like she called it attention to detail and all those little touches are so important to make people remember you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can ever overdo customer service because that ultimately is what's going to embed you in you know people's minds. Um, and I tell you what I really liked was the gnome scones or the scone gnomes. Um, my daughter was actually listening to the interview at the same time and she asked me actually what a scone gnome was but that actually prompted a conversation and um there we go you see we'll never forget it's all those little touches that make her memorable because straight away you've had a conversation with your daughter about the scone gnomes uh, and yeah then now that's a thing and it's stuck in your mind all those little tricks really help to make you memorable. And I just had visions of, like, little scones walking around with, like, little hats on. I think Jane <laughs> said before the interview that she has got one of those little hats. Ah, oh, did she? Because that's honestly what I think of. I just think of these little little scones walking around with little feet and little hats on. I didn't know whether that's just me. Uh, I, think it is just, <laughs> I think it is just you. <laughs> yeah, quite possible. So each week on the show, we like to end with our big little shout-out where we big up uh, once more business that we've been talking with on social media and this week well it's all about the food really isn't it Claire? It's all about the food still so I would like to give a shout out to Sweet Tooth Essex and Sweet Tooth Essex produce uh, the most wonderful desserts um, and cakes and you can find them on Instagram sweet.tooth.essex uh, Did you say you, you found a, a Sweet Tooth Essex that was also a dentist as well? I sure did. It might be part of the same company. You know, come and eat our cakes and get your teeth ruined and then come to our dentist and get them fixed. Uh, But having said that, though, her cakes do look amazing. I quite like the look of... We're looking at some of the pictures now. quite like the look of the bourbon brownie. Bourbon brownie? Yeah, it's a brownie with a a whacking great bourbon biscuit stuck on top. You can't say fairer than that. And there's there's an Oreo one as well. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and I'm I'm loving that million... Caramel shortbreads. Yeah, I've just spotted that as well. That's it. I love that. All very bad for you, but all very good for you at the same time. I'm absolutely starving looking at that. <laughs> so if we haven't made you hungry by now, we probably never will do. So that's it for this week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get next week's episode directly into your smartphone or whatever platform you listen to us on. And uh, leave us a review as well because that bigs us up in uh, podcast land uh, and we'd be eternally grateful. Well, grateful for a small amount of time at least. Uh, go and find us on Instagram. You can continue the conversation there at uh, Big Little Business Show or on Facebook, facebook.com slash show, or you can search for us on LinkedIn too. And that's pretty much it until next week. <laughs> the Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. 
Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production. So there we are. If we haven't made you hungry by now, we never will. And don't forget to... So there we are. It's dug in. We haven't... Yeah we, yeah, we did. Right, good. Am I responding or is this like a conversation you're having with yourself? No, 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 no. Because you, unless you're responding to the voices I'm having in my head. <laughs> <And if you laughs> no, I've do, got plenty of my own. And if you could do that, that would be really freaky. <laughs>